0: Hello and welcome to Smosa Chats where every week I, Comedian Preet Singh, will host a guest who has challenged South Asian norms. Whether that be through pursuing a passion as a career or devoting their work to challenging the status quo and taboos within our communities. So sit back, grab a Smosa and enjoy. Nav, Kieran, and Priyesh. Hello. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. Thank you. Um, so we'll kick off with Nav. If you want to explain what you do, Nav. Uh, obviously, this is going to be a predominantly sports-based podcast, and we're going to be talking about Asians and football, especially, but sports in general as well. So Nav, uh, football scientist. What do you do?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm a sports scientist at Arsenal Football Club. I've been there for around um, eight years. My role, is, my role is basically managing players and what they do via various pieces of equipment, from heart rate devices to GPS. And what we do is we report that information to the coaches, the medical team, and the players themselves. So we just inform them how they're doing physically and how it can affect the week, how it can affect the performance, and basically try to limit risk injury and stuff like that. How long have you been doing that for them? Um,
0: eight years. Eight, eight years. Eight, geez. Yeah, eight years. So had, firstly, it's not a traditional career path, I guess, like an Asian person in sports. It's got the medicine flip side to it, like you're doing well there, but how did you end up actually falling into it?
1: Because um, one of those things, like, I wanted to be a PE teacher um, when I left college and stuff, but obviously everyone, wanted to be, everyone wants to be a footballer, right? Um, that dream never came true. Mm-hmm. And um, I said to one of my best friends at the time, we were both playing, and he was like, we need an education, like, let's go and do sport, let's go be a PE teacher went in um, through college, did all of that stuff, A-levels, and then um, we decided, all oh, look, the sports sciences come up as a degree choice. And then I, I decided to move down south because when you're surrounded by like, Asians and the family of Asians, like you kind of want your own space, you want to kind of be your own person. So I chose that basically the furthest away. <laughs> so I moved all the way um, down to London, and I said, look, I want, to start, I want to start my life there, not only as a career and possible, um, just myself independently. And then end up moving to Hertfordshire and then start to science. Right. And, yeah. So it's always been
0: kind of a passion, it's been in the, the background to work with football.
1: It'll, always, my, my whole life has been surrounded by football and the fact that I get to do what I do now daily is literally like it's living a dream almost. Uh, um, it's tough, but at the same time, like when I look back at it and I look at how far I've come, it is definitely like the second best thing. Like yeah. If I was five years old and I at ten, I'd be like, well, with, obviously,
0: from an outsider's perspective, I'm massive into sports, love boxing, football. Football is my main one, Liverpool, I'm in the top season. Um, from an outsider's perspective, it always seemed like our uphill, up, our people, like brown people in general, aren't fairly represented in all facets of sport. How accurate is that as somebody involved in that industry? Oh,
1: 100%. Like From my, from my time in elite sport now, I'm yet to see many people from an Asian background, an Indian background through football and um, the people I've even surrounded myself by through uni, through friends, I've never seen anyone that holds the same kind of status or the same kind of passion towards sport that would get them at the elite level. So mm-hmm. not only are we not in there, we also the people I meet don't really hold the, the prerequisites that would get you into sport or elite sport. Yeah, And uh, I think that's the kind of limiting factor is that we don't really know what it's like until we actually get exposed to it. Mm-hmm. And there's a fair few people if they share their knowledge and then shared that across the masses, we probably might see a big difference. And I think like we said earlier, it's a generational thing. I think As the next generation comes in, they're more educated. Mm. Like, we live in a world now that we can expose it to anything. So yeah. if we can expose them to what they need to know. They can possibly make it anywhere else.
0: That's a real interesting point. I think not to like over grand, like, make it over grand, but like what you're saying there, I think is a very unique and fresh take, which is it's not just about like, you know, white people or these top sports clubs doing, we need more Asians, we need more diversity, etc. It's about our own people taking responsibility for that. And obviously you do some work as somebody who's in there. And I, I think this is where you guys come into it. You do some work to bring more people in.
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's like a domino effect, isn't it? Like you do, the, you do the basics, you do the foundations well, leave the rest for the journey and make sure when you, your foundations are strong, that you're, you're doing that to the best of your ability. And you get the support around you, and you just literally constantly challenge yourself um, physically if it's a sport, or even obviously with Indians, we're very, very good in the kind of business world, we're very intellectual. So we mm-hmm. hold that kind of, that kind of attribute. So if you if you transfer that into the sport, like look at how different, how different we could be if we yeah. if we actually put the same amount of effort in. <coughs> a lot of our Asian families they they've drawn us into being doctors, being lawyers. I hear the same saying yeah. So. I use the same as well, but it was only good if they could do it the same spot.
0: I think it's more predominant with our, dias- uh, with our diaspora outside of India. You see India, you've got like the Olympics, weightlifting, mm-hmm. boxers, you've got all of this. But then like, you never see like a second generation immigrant, like Indian sports person coming through the ranks. You've got like Amir Khan, you could probably count them out on one hand.
1: Yeah, I think 100% you're right there. It's also, with the ones that we do have, we don't talk about them enough. We don't talk yeah. about how well they've actually done and what their journey was like. Like looking at Anamia Khan, looking at um, football players like Jan Dando and Hamza Chowdhury and people before him, and even coaches like, why are, you not, why are we not talking about these people and just saying, look, look how far they've come. Yeah. And then when other people see that, one, it will break down stereotypes from a non-Asian background, as well as our Asian people, or South Asian, they will actually might be inspired to, I want to do the same. 100%. Right? Uh, because the world of sport, it's not based on actually making money, it's, it's the passion of the sport, yeah. right? Like, everyone sees the glitz and the glamour, but the actual foundations of what gets you in is the, the ability to play the sport and the passion you have for it.
0: 100%. And obviously now we're going to bring in Pree and Kieran as well. You guys are doing something that's going to actively challenge that, aren't you?
1: Yes. Um, so we work on a project called Ages of Football. And, um, well, no, it's changed. Name's changed. It's changed into Up and Football. The reason why it's changed into Up and Football recently is because the word for me um, is basically one of our own. And when I, when I say that, I mean like um, someone who believes in our vision, our, our mission, which is basically to educate, empower, yeah. and um, evolve, basically. And I think that can speak to any, any nationality, any gender, any race. So that's what I mean by happiness, it. it's a personal word, and football is just something that I love as well, so yeah. I joined the two. Um, so with the things that we've set up, um, I have next to me Kirin, who's a photographer for AF, and the videographer in uh, Priyesh. Um, we, there is also one other person, but he's not going with us today. Nah, he doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, I don't know if you want me to introduce what we did or do you lot want to say something? Yeah, let's, in, let, let's, let's dive in. into with you
0: guys. Uh, Pre, how did you get into it?
2: So uh, I actually met Nav at a friend's birthday party uh, in November 2018. Mm-hmm. It was, last, was it last year? I think it was October. October, October, yeah. And was um, 2020, bro. We actually, yeah. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, the way we met was kind of, obviously, we were at this uh, boat party. I love dancing. Nav's a bit of a dancer, too. So our eyes met across this uh, <laughs> across this buddy. dance floor. We just kind of moved. <laughs> just so these in directors. a direction. I'm sure he had a big
3: bowler hat and <his> a <laughs> beige
1: jacket. And I went, who's this guy? And then once I started talking to him, I literally, I don't <laughs> think I could stop talking to you about my idea. Yeah. And he was just like, who is this guy? He's going crazy. And then he was like, oh, look, I need you to meet someone. And then he introduced me
2: to kids. Get and I did the
1: exact same thing. I yeah. like, look, I have this idea.
2: And yeah, I think at the time, because obviously we were at a, we were at a party, it was like, okay, how much of this is alcohol? And how much of it is actually the truth? Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of went away. So I think same with kids, we kind of went away. It's like, like whatever, whatever happens. The next day, I'm talking like seven, eight in the morning, I'm getting texts from Nav saying, yo, yeah. are you serious? Like, I wasn't
3: even awake until the yeah. afternoon. <laughs> so um,
2: he's like, everything we spoke about yesterday, like, cause I'm, I'm serious about this. Like, you know, let's, let's take this forward. And then, so that was October, end of October. And then December, we flew out to India. So, yeah, so that brings us on to not just
0: opening football, but then the actual project. Cause if you will to go over those, uh, so what's the actual specific project in India?
3: Uh, so the project is for a school called Yua. Um It was set up by a guy called Franz from America now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the aim is in the area in India, is Jharkhand, uh, there's a high rate of sort of like child marriage and abuse among young girls. Um, and the school was set up to educate kids and they use football as a way of team building, uh, confidence building, um, and just generally like to get them away from the situations they're in. And Nav came across the school and so he wanted to start the project. And once he met me and Priyash, we realised it sort of had a snowball effect that it could become bigger than what it was. Because Nav was initially going to go and just film it on his phone. Once he met me and Priyash, he was like, right, I've got a video, I've got a photographer, this can become something better. Mm-hmm. So from then, those two months, it was just planning, gathering equipment, doing research, um, me and him connecting a lot more and trying to make sort of a rough script about what we want to do when we get there. But at the same time, there's not much out on the school for us to sort of gauge what we was gonna get. I, when I we don't got think
2: there. there was enough planning or talking that we mm. could have gone to prepare us for what actually happened.
3: Yeah, we could have gone through yeah. everything every day a hundred times when we got there. Everything went completely out the window. Like in terms yeah. of what me and him had planned, everything just went out. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it was. It was different getting there. I think it was all a bit of a shock once we landed.
0: So, I, I mean. You you guys weren't just brought along with the bro. I was thinking that was like white
3: hair. Yeah, yeah. That was like you guys. You guys. So, were was like so, so it was bugging me. It was
0: bugging me, man. You guys <laughs> with like <laughs> You guys. Like, this is a tight group of players. Um, yeah. No, it's back to the serious though. So you guys go out to the school. Is
2: it just girls you work with there? Uh, out uh, out in India. In, yeah, yeah, it was it was girls, but they have they do have. Um, boys and men that actually do support the school, hmm. um, but generally, like the general, the, the village, they don't really support the school, which wow. is, and there's plenty of stories we can tell you, which are actually really shocking, but.
0: Um, I mean, we, I we, we've, if we've got time, like, you know, anything you can talk about, feel free to
1: throw me the dish on. Yeah,
3: um, that'd be I
1: think, um, like, the main reason for this, like, from my point of view and the trip alone and the project was, was my version of Sev right? Um, obviously to give without an expectation and to do something to, for, to give to other people. I wanted to do it in like a grand scale that was related to to the thing that I love, which was football. And when I saw this, I couldn't believe a place in India, um, girls, and what they were going through, they were using football. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't, when, I, when I had all them up, I was like, what, and they've still got a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen girls play football, and 190 girls would turn up at four in the morning to play football. At four in the morning mm. literally yeah we'd leave at
3: four yeah, yeah we'd leave to so head to three. training
1: why so early? because they would have to get there before sunrise and because their pitch is so far away and then they would only train for an hour then they have to go back home to go to school to yeah, um, do their chores so like yeah, they'd they have to be home
3: at seven o'clock to do chores if they didn't yeah. um, we had a training uh, session cancelled because it was overrunning and we're like we just need ten, fifteen more minutes and they're like these kids are risking like a lot if they're late getting home and we just had to, to pack up and go sort of in like 10 minutes notice because mm. it was that bad if they're like that late getting home you know, so that's the situation could change yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah that's what we did not expect to see when we were there but we, we, we saw it right and then me going out there was just basically to do that act of um, servo to give back and I've obviously going through all this stuff I wanted to just literally um, do that it was, in, it was inside my heart and then I met these two and they could document the whole journey And I was thinking, what better way to start AIF and talk about us in football than actually going to India and showing us on a grand scale this is what our community can do. Well, we're based off our foundations, but Mm. look at the sport as well. Like it was trying to almost show my my community, show my culture, um, and then show the sport I love and then bring the two together. Mm -hmm. And then go from there, really. And um, what came from it was these bumping into these two and then us traveling out there, we've documented the whole journey. Yeah. Um, and then with that we're trying to put it out to the world to, to raise money for this school to give them what they kind of asked of us because they didn't want to they didn't want to come and live in, in- England they didn't want to go live in America they were like look we want to stay here we want to change what we go through yeah. but the one thing we love doing is playing football and this you can imagine myself and yourself and everyone here that love football imagine a young 13 year old kid girl that's sort of, who's surrounded by people that they don't have much and they say that to you you're like you almost felt like, do you know what, I'm going to do my best to help. Yeah. And that's where it all started from. And then since then, we've been on this unbelievable journey, trying to, um, to get our message out there. And it's been a rocky one to try and raise money for this school and try to show, to try to change their lives and also promote the message of Asian of Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Man. So, I, the one thing that I, so obviously we've been talking for a little bit and then uh, now sent over a couple of clips <clears> and, the website, the school, and everything. The one thing that really hit me, especially about the trailer, was like, yeah, you've married those two things up perfectly. Like, yeah, this is football in India and stuff, but what it can actually mean for a community, and like those girls, like, yeah, and, and, and you were right, you know, vulnerable people. I guess.
2: Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not a massive football fan, so for me, when I was going out there, I, I loved storytelling. I like, I, I think everyone's got a story to tell, and everyone's story is important. So. When I met NAV, I was like, I'm not really too bothered about the football side, it's more the story side. And doing this project, I've realised that sport and football uh, specifically, it's another language. And it unites people on such a different level. And I'm seeing that more and more and more. And then the way that NAV talks about football now, and then going out to um, you and the way that football was uniting these girls, like they're all from different backgrounds as well. Um, like you have Christians, Muslims, Hindus. Um, and the way that they, they were uniting and helping each other all through football. Yeah. That was so fascinating to watch. Yeah,
0: I can imagine. What did you guys then specifically go out there to do?
1: So I took gifts from Arsenal, um, gifts from the teams that were coaching. So at the time we were in basically coaching around the London area and coaching South Asians and about how to become better footballers. And they also jumped along and gave gifts and then we tried raising a bit of money cause we just wanted to go take something to give them. And then I got loads of gifts from Arsenal. I got loads of messages, and then we basically put all those messages together and then we presented that to them on a Christmas day. Mm-hmm. And then um, during my time there, I just helped with their coaching sessions. I helped with conversations. Mm-hmm. And then Kiz came involved with actually putting a whole like Nikon That's experience, it. was it, type thing like where he gave them all, well I'll let him tell it, I'll let him speak mm-hmm.
2: you got a book?
3: <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I work, and do some projects with Nikon. So when I pitched the idea to them, I said, if you can lend me some like cameras, just point and shoot digital ones to take with me for the kids. So they sent me about 15, 15 cameras and like SD cards to go with them. And on Christmas day, I just sort of put them out, all out on a table and was like, right, we'll have some fun. I'll show you how to take pictures and stuff. But they didn't even hear that. They'd picked the cameras up and they were gone. <laughs> um, but it was one of the, like, the craziest experiences because at the end of it, they all come back, put the camera back in the bag or if the battery died, I'd just switch out for them. And it was just, I come back at like 15 SD cards that were full of like photos. And I remember trying to find little things that I could try and teach them bits. And we found this, uh, just a lizard on a thing. And they went mad. There's like 15 kids around this lizard. I want like 300 photos of a lizard. Um, and they're taking selfies with us. And two of the girls were really interested in my SLR cameras. Um, so I set it up so they could get pictures and just handed them over. So I didn't get much of them taking photos because they were just using... Um, my camera, there's a picture of me and Nav with, is it Seema? Yeah. I think on the page. And that was taken by one of the kids on, like, on my SLR. And they come out like perfect. I was looking through them. I was like, they're, they're sharp, they're in focus. Yeah. And they were so good with the equipment and just so eager to learn. Um, it was just a complete mm. shock. Yeah. And they even kept they them at training. every time them. he wasn't looking, they're taking out the cameras,
2: <laughs> taking
3: photos. And then two of them were climbed up in a tree we didn't even notice. And he's in the middle of talking, you hear like a crack of the branches and two of them fall out of the trees. <laughs> because they've climbed up. I was talking about angles, so they've tried to get, like, elevated, and they've climbed up in a tree and both fallen out. Um, so it was just amazing to watch.
1: To answer your question, to give back in any way we could yeah. at the time because it happened in two months. Hmm. Like, we had an idea. Like we want, I want to go out anyway, and I would have gone even if these two were here. And when they decided to come, we just tried making that giving experience to the grandest scale. Yeah whatever we could do whether it be money whether it be a message whether it be kit whether it be anything and it just went crazy like Arsenal Media were up there with us for a mm. day they, they did the video that you've seen um, oh so they did that video they did that video um, they put it out for us they were they were supporting our journey um, what else was there like all the players did messages for me that mm. we signed the shirt from um, all the players that I would coach like we had a whole I was I um, was Coaching a whole Muslim community team, and they had all done videos and messages and aid support. It was like thirty odd messages, 30-odd. messages, and we, we presented that to them on, on Christmas Day. as well. Mm. So it just literally showed like an all male dominant, Asian, professional, elite, all came together and supported this school and supported yeah. what they were going through, and it all was football as the catalyst, right?
0: It's a, it, like, the thing. The thing there, you've got a multi-million pound player who's a millionaire, performing at the most elite like the elite level and like you know girls school over in India have now been connected by one thing hmm. that's football so,
1: and they ask about it every day
0: yeah it's amazing so you were coaching out there Nav. we've got kids on the photography teaching yeah. these girls how to do everything Preet, what, what the fuck were you doing <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: come on fam you just sat there drinking
0: <laughs>
1: your water
3: and
1: shit
2: <laughs> I'm <I> using <used> to, <laughs> <someone> to dance <laughs> <laughs> So uh, my job was to actually tell the story, put it all together. Um, yeah. So I, I did a lot of the interviews, so I spoke a lot to the, to the girls, um, to Sham, he was one of the staff members out there. So at the time I was kind of getting into videography, um, so I, wasn't, I wouldn't say I, I was necessarily great at it, mm. um, but my skill set lies with being able to tell the story. And so I'd sit with some of the girls for maybe an hour and really get... Into the depths of their story and into who they are. Mm. And now we're sitting on like hours and hours of footage that I'm trying to put together for a documentary that's coming out soon yeah. in short episodes. So um, yeah, that was my role, telling the story. Awesome.
0: Now, obviously, we touched on it slightly earlier. So I guess these are at risk girls. What are some of the risks that they face?
3: It on, that.
2: Yeah, I mean, on a day to day basis. Um, a lot of abuse a lot of abuse yeah,
3: a lot of it starts from home it's it's, it? yeah. it's
2: hard to talk about because um we I, I still feel we still feel so connected to them like i, I didn't even tell you to but uh last month i received an email from one of the girls to say that um she, english is the english her english is quite broken but you can make it out and she was saying that things have been really bad for her and she just can't stop crying and she was alluding to the fact that there was the abuse had just got really bad and I emailed her back but I hadn't heard haven't heard from her um, and it's things like that it's like I'm not, we're not there to I, I don't know what's happened and there's no way of me even finding out um,
3: yeah it was, yes. it was weird being there because although we wanted to make a difference we couldn't specifically go in and like change like their lives but I think we all sort of as soon as we got there within 5-10 minutes these kids were going crazy they're singing happy birthday to him mm-hmm. they all gathered in a room and they're like oh can you get Nav to come in here because it was his birthday while we were travelling out there mm-hmm. and um, they just erupted into, into like song we have been there 5-10 minutes and I think we all instantly sort of felt like older like big brotherly sort of that protectiveness mm-hmm. um, but it's not like we could just go into the house and like kick the shit out of one of the dads and yeah, I mean, you know, like, the- we couldn't help them on that, like, individual scale. I think that was quite hard for us to take because as much as we were there and we knew it was making a difference, there was only so much reach we had to do that. And I think, especially coming back and watching pre-interviews because me and Nav would be doing other stuff during that time. Um, we we're all on the plane sort of bawling There's- our eyes out of some of their stories. Yeah. And he had seen them and heard them. Me and him hadn't. Yeah. So we're watching them on the plane and you've got, like, the Emirates lady asking if you want drinks. We're looking at them like, no, we're fine. Everyone's, like, <laughs> three grown men sort of crying. But- one of the
2: first stories that uh, really stands out was... Um- I won't mention her name, but uh, she was telling us how one of the neighbours um, had called her into the room and lured her in with a biscuit. Say, oh, you know, you know the Pile G biscuits, that you get out in the, in the car, you know, come and grab a biscuit. And um, obviously she went because she, you naturally assume she's five years old. You assume that obviously she's safe. And um, she told us that she didn't really understand what was going on, but then he raped her. Five years old. Five years old.
3: I think these stories and aren't even just the odd one. I said can be a daily occurrence. Like um, when we was walking yeah. to a couple of the girls' house, it was for um, their grandfather apost. So out there they do eleven days of mourning. On the twelfth day, celebrate their life and they're supposed to stop mourning. And I think Nav was hearing some stories along the way where our host was telling us this happened at this house, this happened at this house, something happened at this house. So it's not. It's, it's happening across the board. Um, it's not just a few individual cases out of the 400 children that I think were in the football program. All of them have probably suffered some form and varying degrees of domestic abuse. Um, and it's just on, when you realise it on that scale, um, like you just realise how big of an issue it is. Yeah,
1: like, um, I've got a few examples in my head and I'm hoping Youth Week can carry it on, elaborate uh, more on it. Um, so god that's a bit it's, a it's hard, hard to talk about heavy right? heavy. Um, yes, it is. so one of the things is it's nothing to do with any of the, the girls there it was the, it was the mothers out there and this story for me was this like, literally stays with me still is one of the, the mothers like when we were going to training this is at 5 in the morning um, the host Sean was like oh, if you hear a woman screaming and stuff like that in the morning it's because basically she might have lost her head and basically, it's the only time she could be hit. I didn't think nothing of it the day before. The day of coaching, we're walking down, these lot are like 100, 200 meters behind me, filming, doing whatever they're doing, and um, I, hear, I, hear, I hear a woman wailing, I hear her screaming, and I'm like, what is going on there? And then, because I'd been told what that was, I was just like, there's no way of helping her, because that's the only time she could actually be hit, it's because there's no silent. You're like, are you serious? Like, and I'm walking to training with, and with these two, and I'm thinking, wow. And these young girls, they're listening to it, and they're, they're staying strong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're, mm. they're accepting of that. They yeah, have their to. resilience is,
3: is something else. Like when we was there, like I've spoke to you about this now, when it comes to the documentary, I was like, although they go through so much, when we was there, the way the kids were with us, it was just laughter throughout. Mm-hmm. Like you'd never think that they were going through what they were going through. Like they were just so happy being around us and one of them said it um, they go when people have been there before they don't really open up and tell them much but like with us they were so open so like we can tell that you guys are here for us you're not here for like another agenda to to better yourselves you're here to actually try and help us
2: i'll, I'll show you that clip cuz she says um, she says like i've never felt so connected to i've never felt so connected the way i feel connected to you guys and it was hard to keep your emotions in at that point cuz hmm. it was it was such a nice thing to hear especially when you've had um, other 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 people go and mm. try and well, yeah, help and out. This. They normal but, people, this is yeah. Microsoft, yeah. this is
1: Lenovo, this is Real Madrid, these are all yeah. big big brands here, obviously doing their social yeah. responsibility, mm. but with us, it was the deeper, it was literally... Like yeah, of the yeah it, was,
3: you know, it was just funded by three guys, like, we just went off our own back, we had no backing from anyone, exactly. like, we went out of the good of our hearts, like, cause we just saw something where we could try and make a change, even coming from something so small. Yeah. Um, that's sort of the whole aim of our project.
2: Coming, coming back to why we're raising the money for a football yeah. pitch, because I've had some questions like, well, why? it's just a football pitch. It's not just a football pitch. I mean, these girls are waking up four o'clock in the morning. Um, obviously, the foot, it's not really, they don't have a football pitch to play in. We're, we're travelling an hour like on rice fields they're playing on. Um, but also, before that, the girls are waking up, I think, at like one or two o'clock in the morning the so they can study. So they could do homework. So, and then, then they'll nap or do whatever they've got to do. And then they'll wake up at four o'clock. We're on the bus. We'll get to the pitch for about five o'clock. And it's just rice fields and stuff. But why, so, why the football pitch is so important? It's because of the stories we heard about the whole... I'll um, give you an example. There was one story I remember where um, the girls had gone to this particular football pitch. But what had happened was boys and men from the village the night before had broken glass and spread it all across the, the pitch so when the girls are playing they'll cut their feet
3: yeah, no. that's just that's just one story yeah, they, keep, they have to keep moving pitches the first day we went to training um there was about 15 20 uh men and like younger kids uh, all boys that are playing and uh sham our host said a lot of the times they will just sort of run at the kids charge them and scare them away because they don't want to play and we're just like if you're older and you're a bit why wouldn't you maybe come and offer to coach and get them involved in the game? Mm. But they don't want them there. Or sometimes the farmer will be like, right, that's enough. And overnight he'll plough the land we'll up the and land put too. cows on it. So they come back the next day and they've not got a pitch no more. Right. So they had one right next to the school when the first day was walking that that used to be our first pitch. And now it's mm. it's they're not growing any crops on it, they've just plowed the land up and put animals on it So but it's could, not really serving we, yeah. a financial purpose. It was purely just to stop these kids playing football.
0: Is it does it just boil down to
2: sexism? It's, 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 there's yeah. structural inequality there. It goes much, much, much deeper than um, just, you know, gender inequality. It's, there's structural inequality. There's, it's, it's political. It's there's, dirty, there's it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's engraved. It's embedded in it the from, politics. It starts from uh, birth
3: for these kids. Like some of them don't even know when their birthdays are because they don't register it because they're ashamed to have girls. Um, so what the school does is they let the kids pick, um, their own birthday oh, nice. and they've got a box so all the kids they'll, they'll make stuff or they'll buy little things with the money All put it in the box and if one of the girls is like I want that one on my birthday none of the other kids will take it if their birthday comes first they'll leave it for the other student and uh, I think we had like there was like five birthdays on Christmas day uh, <laughs> yeah. there's a few, few birthdays yeah. on Boxing Day um, but I mean that's sort of the stuff the school has given them it's given them that, what they, they, they've not had you know I mean? mm. but the fact that they don't know when they were born they know their age you know, within the year but they don't. Not all of them know the specific date because it's not even registered. Mm.
1: Um, You've heard all that. Pretty, what do you think? So
0: far? Honestly, I, what, I think this will probably be the 17th episode. I've never been like speechless. Like when you were talking about some of the some of the stuff, like you know, it, it hits you in the chest like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where you're like thinking about, you know, coming coming in. I was annoyed that the Bakerloo line was shut. Mm.
3: Do
0: you get what I'm saying? And like you kind of sit here and you're just like, wow, man. Like people go through some mad shit. I think what. I think what you are, I think you guys are being a little bit more modest than, like, maybe even the school's being more modest than, like, it needs to be, because I, I kind of understand it. It's like a sense of hope, isn't it? It's, 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 it's escapism. I think that's what it brings It is down that for from.
3: a lot of the kids, they'll stay at the school when they're time off to study, but they'll just be at the school because they feel safe there. Yeah. And, like, that's what it provides for them. I
1: don't yeah. know is. Um, escapism. Do you know what I mean? Do you know I mean?
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. A, couple, yeah. a connotation. Yeah. But, like, yeah.
1: When I hear that, like... I, all, all we saw from that place was positivity and happiness. Yeah, it was, yeah it was crazy when I use the word escapism as well I'm like it's not what that is mm. I don't want to say that is a lot a because of them don't really, really want to even yeah. escape
3: um, yeah I, so when we left three of the girls um, amongst themselves they all decided each one will give us a jersey each and I walked with one of the girls to her house and I was just sort of talking to her about um, sort of her situation at home along the way because I was like is it fine for me to go to your house if your dad's there and she's like no he'll be at, one of the off licenses drinking, he won't be back until the evening, which is when she doesn't really want to go home. Um, and she spoke about her mother and her brother had moved to a different part of India to sort of restart their life, so it was just her at home. I um, said she wanted to go to uni, she wanted to be a doctor. And I was like, so once you do that, you like, would you want to move abroad or come back? And she was like, no. She goes, I want to come back right here and help the situation. She goes, because it's not my dad's fault. It's just sort of a perpetuating cycle. You know, if you have a male that's an alcoholic that beats his children, and he has a son, that kid grows up with mental issues. You know, the unemployment's high, he ends up turning to drink, falls into depression, does the same thing to his kids. And she was like, I, it's um, not. was this girl? She was 15, 15 or 16 at the time. And she understood, she was like, it's not my dad's fault he's the way it is, it's the area. And she goes, and so many people in India are becoming doctors and then chip into another country. She's like, I want to come back to the hospital here and help. She goes, because yeah. it's not my dad's fault. She's like, I can fix him. She goes, I just need time and education, but I can fix him. Imagine, yeah. And just that yeah. resilience, yeah, I, was, exactly. I was completely yeah. gobsmacked. Oh, because yeah. like now I'll be like, oh I'm out. Yeah. You know yeah. What yeah. I mean? Th- that's what I'm saying.
0: It's yeah. an escapism, yeah. but then you hear something like that. Yeah, just, yeah. like something like that but happened to me at home.
3: Our mindset is like, oh, you know what I mean, your parents yeah. slap you, like oh, fuck you are moving out. Yeah. Do like, yeah. you know what I mean? But they understand but, that it's just built into that area it's like um, a
0: different level of emotional intelligence
2: and understanding 100% percent so I mean, articulate
3: the way c- they yeah, convey c- everything because obviously I interviewed them sorry it's quite
2: because yeah, no, obviously I interviewed um, most of them like one of them there was one moment I remember in particular and um, I was I was interviewing this girl and in my head I was just thinking I wish I could just take you out of here and bring you to London and you know give you give you the life that you actually deserve like you know I don't know you know you, people, you bring, bring people over sponsoring all that kind of stuff like and then it's like she knew what I was thinking because she answered it. And she goes, people assume that um, we just want to be taken out of here and you know, go to like, America and England. He said, it's not that. She goes, what I do want is I want the, I want the opportunity to educate myself enough. And once I've educated myself enough, I want to come back and start a social enterprise that teaches women how to start businesses, how to look after themselves, how to look after their finances so they don't have to depend on the men. And I was blown away. She was four, 15 years old. And yeah. she would it was telling. We yeah. were
3: blown away by their sort of intelligence and the way they would convey their emotions and ideas. Mm. Um, we were stunned, just at yeah. how. We were intelligent.
2: Yeah. As
1: soon as we got there. Yeah, she was yeah. Suit, yeah. We weren't even supposed to be filming. He, these two got the cameras out anyway because they just film everything. Yeah. Right? yeah. They don't, it doesn't matter for them. And um, straight away, the first person they spoke to, or I think the group of girls they spoke to, one of them was like, I'm doing a TED talk in January.
3: No, it, she went, yeah. it went really well, yeah. She, she emailed like, us once she was done. I'm in.
1: like, I would love to do a TED talk. Yeah. I, like, That's been my dream. Plane. I was in the yeah. plane watching TED talks. It was like, yeah. 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 For a young girl in the middle of nowhere, with ne- next to nothing, mm. again, so articulate, like, she showed her pre the speech that she was going to do. And, like, she, yeah, yeah, he wants us yeah, to read through it. Yeah. And, 100. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, you're a more
0: you're more intelligent than I am. <laughs> it's amazing though, know, like. Although, to be fair, Pri, your offer did sound like an arranged marriage offer, so, like, you know, I'm not surprised you turned it down. I wasn't sure what I wanted. I was like, shit, this shit's getting too heavy. <laughs> I was like, should I dive in there? I'm like, I want to take you away from this shit. <laughs> <"I didn't
2: laughs> can can we cut that me. out? That's the
3: problem. pre is part
2: of the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, just just man. to clarify, that's <laughs> not what I meant. I don't want
0: to disrespect the work you were doing either, but it's like, I, I do, I fully appreciate it. Because, like, when I went to I went, when I went India and I think... Part of the reason for starting the podcast is, is us, as in opening it, calling these problems out and doing something about it. Because mm. like, I've always found, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I've always found the conduct mm. of a white savior to be wrong. You know how you mm. have these comic reliefs and stuff and all this shit, where they go and they make poverty porn, that's what they call it innit? Yeah. When I went, I went to this girls' home where it's abandoned girls and stuff, so it's over in Punjab in um, London. And I was the same, I got all like, fucked up about it. Like, you know, like, I'm visibly distressed. And the BB that was running it, she was like, it's
1: a great okay, well. that I forgot the which we know about it. That was yeah. It's, it's amazing.
0: So they save these girls from like that being discarded and rubbish yeah, yeah. heaps and all that. And she literally she tapped me on the shoulder like this BB who's like, like in her 60s, 70s, me fucking, you know, pre like fucking yeah, I'm fucking I'm getting all in my feelings and shit. And she turned around, <laughs> and she went like this. Genuinely, she went, she went, fix up. Like, don't look so glum. She's like, these girls are happy now. And I was like, Wow, and I had like a five-minute conversation with her. And she was like, we don't want them to be sad. They would have had that if they had stayed where, you know, they weren't wanted. And I was like, that's the mentality these people have. It's not, woe is me. It's, let's fix this situation, give them happy lives. And it sounds the exact same. I think that
3: was the shock for us when we got there was just the happiness of it. And that's what I said, when it comes to the editing, I go, because there is so much much to talk about that's bad there. But the entire time we was there, we didn't physically see it or really encounter it. Like, none of the girls went through a bad patch went, while we was there. So the entire time we was there, it was just laughter. Like the, f- the training sessions, doing the photography, pre-talking to them, obviously, he got a lot more deeper stories out of them on a one-to-one level. Yeah. Um, but in terms of our time spent with them, it was just fun throughout. Like we played games and all with, sorts. Yeah,
1: just to interrupt, like, with, with the stuff we're trying to put out now, it, even though it's so deep, like when you watch it, it's got, we're trying to sell what these girls go through, But at the same time, it's exactly what Kiz has yeah. just said, is we just want to show what we went through. I and mean, how, even though they go through a very tough time, they've made us feel so like, welcomed. They, they, they had smiles on their faces, and we want to show that side as well. Like, we want to yeah. convey that message. And, like, we, we yeah, work. I think like,
3: on, the, on the first day, they all walked us to our guest house to show us, because if we walked along the main road, it would have been like an hour's walk But we cut through all these little fields, and they sort of took us along the way, and when we got there, they took my camera from me and photographed us outside the guest house, yeah. and, um, so I think the owner of it is connected to the school, yeah, like from mutual friends, they knew who he was. A couple of the girls lived right behind where we were staying. Mm-hmm. So in the morning we would end up walking with them to where the sort of temporary bus stop is, where the kids would have a little fire going to keep warm until the bus got there. So it was a real community element. In the evening they would stay at the school with us as late as possible just to see what we was up to um, before they would go home. And it was just, they sort of looked after us. Yeah. It's like to you, some degree. You mentioned emotional intelligence as well. Um,
2: I, we didn't know what to expect when we got there because we thought, obviously, these girls go through the abuse on a, on a regular, like, how are they are going to be around with three grown Asian men? Like, are they going to be scared of us? Mm-hmm. We walked in and I've interviewed a lot of people and one common theme that comes up is love and how important love is. Um, when, I, when we walked in, I don't think I've ever felt love as pure as that.
3: Yeah, they have in abundance. Like,
2: yeah, it was... We walked in and they made us feel so comfortable. So they were just singing happy birthday to Nav. Like, you'll see it on... Uh, the first episode that goes out yeah. um, but there was so much love in that room and so much yeah, happiness that, that, it was, that was a weird was on me and incredible. him were filming and
3: looking at each other um, I think the emotional side kicked in for me and Pre a lot later because taking it from that creative element mm. I was sort of just behind the camera a lot of the time like we've got to get this we've got to get this and it would be later when I'm going back through that i reflect on it so when they're singing Happy Birthday me and Pre looking at each other like hey, this is fucking sick and uh, he's standing there like Balling. in because yeah. uh, he wasn't expecting it they told us what they were going to do They he was emotionally heightened uh, because
2: really
0: like he nah, nah, <laughs> um,
3: they told us that they were going to do that like we heard it was his birthday can you bring him to this room so like oh, i have come we just need to sort of talk to you about something we walked in and like the same before it just erupted into singing and he, we were like shit we were just so taken back because again we didn't know what to expect we thought Are they they going to be very sort of solemn or scared of us because you know, we're sort of grown men.
1: Imagine this, yeah? I have not known these two individuals next to me for more than two months. Don't know. Mm. I've, just, I've persuaded them <laughs> to come with me on this trip. I get to India to a place that I've never been to, to a part of India I've never visited, to a school I've known, no, no person, even the host had messaged me and say, find your own way here. Like, we, no one's picking mm. us up. And then when we get there, I'm sat there thinking, wow. Then when it hits you all at once, we walk into the school and I'm like, okay, I'm nervous now. I don't know what these are to expect. Yeah. There's nothing around here. And I'm looking at these two and they look the same, but as soon as they, the girls were introduced to us, they literally took both of these, they took my worries away. They took these two and they were talking yeah, to they them just the surrounded whole, us. Written, yeah. whole morning of that when we got there. And then I was stood there watching these two and I was like, wow. Like yeah, they, they, yeah they we
3: ended up just they, shoes off, sat on the floor. Just for the first few hours, just, just talking. I was just about to say
0: <laughs> If I was you now, I was like, "What about me? I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> if I was you now, I would have been actively vexed. Like, oh, I saw his
3: whole shit. <laughs> yeah, kick a football in the room. Let's play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, all right, like South Girls, like South, I Practice early in the morning.
3: You keep talking to him as press ups?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it must have been an amazing experience. Like, and I know that this wasn't the objective, but on a personal level. It must have been an amazing experience for your own development. I think it changed everyone to
3: mm, yeah. some degree for the better when we come back. 100% everyone was a bit different.
1: Mm. 100%. That, that small scale of performing server that most people do um, every weekend and stuff like that, I wanted to try to do it on, on a big scale, on a grand scale, especially when I met these two. Mm. Otherwise, it was just going to be me going out there and doing my version of it. And then when these two came along, it just it went tenfold. Mm. Mm. And, uh, the experience was ridiculous. Yeah. So much to a point we couldn't even manage it when we got back. We had all of this footage, we had so many things coming out, and we were just sat there thinking, wow, well, like, still reflecting on the trip. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's bits where is interviewing me, and I'm like, I can't really talk to you right now. I'm overwhelmed with this whole thing. Like, I can't really shut this off and then start being someone that you can interview. Mm. So now you, you have this whole new appreciation to people that actually do these kind of projects, because. I was still there and I was just immersed in the emotion of it all. So, that's my uh, Right, that's the first time. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that
0: for the parking? That is for the parking. Oh, so it's cool. We're going to wrap up anyways. we have got, up, got minutes.
1: 20 minutes. Oh, okay, cool. So awesome. That's on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I forgot what I was saying.
0: You're talking about being immersed in the yeah, experience? Yeah, immersed,
1: immersed in the experience. And um, yeah, just it, it, it was just a crazy... I mean, you're very easily distracted, bro. Right? Like, just one alone
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did want to pick up one thing that we were speaking about. And I know we've done all the serious stuff and shit, but I mean, living in India for a little while must have fucked
3: up. Uh, cheers, bro, for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you guys want me to take this one? Yeah, go on, go
0: Firstly, is it anybody's first time in India? No. No, no? okay, cool. Right, so you... In this part of India, yes. Yeah. What part of India was it again? It was um, Ranchi Jharkhand. North East. North East. Uh, yeah. okay. Cool. So that's different to where I've been. I've
3: obviously been Punjab a lot. Yeah, same. Same, like, as I mean, same. So that must have been... Like, I mean, you know, India is like the
0: motherland the I'm of everything, but it was shit. Like, like was it? Yeah, it wasn't great there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's the thing what? that hit you that most <laughs> first? Speaking as a half
2: white guy, like, what? why hit your half white your side first? <laughs> the smell when we
3: hadn't yet showered. <laughs> oh, yeah, on the way back his smell. I'm used to India. I'm used to
1: the out here. Uh,
2: that blue.
3: <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Like, it was, it was weird. Like, it was complete when I when I went to India. I stayed with family, um, yeah. so it's a complete different experience of staying in like a guest house where we had an electric heater. The three of us are sharing a bed because it's that cold at night. Um, at home, the d- it probably wouldn't be that cold. Where you've got concrete floors, no insulation, windows that don't shut properly. It was sub-zero like, temperatures. It it's, yeah. it's like four degrees in our room, and we have got heater. You got power cuts at night, yeah. so you're nice and toasty, and then you wake up and you're freezing. Um, that, was,
1: the that was given to us well.
3: mm. and then the guy fixed it. He was really good to us. Yeah. I think we just overused it because it was that cold yeah. and it burned out. Shout, um, to yeah It's news. Like yeah. when, with
1: all the footage that comes out. In, in the next few months or so, like behind the scenes, what actually Yeah, took when you see the episode on office. bath time. Oh my god, when you see the episode on what it took to have a shower, it was, it was a crazy experience.
3: Yeah, the lack of toilet paper was definitely an experience.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Did
3: they have the little squirty bum on things? Not, no. Was the No. Well, well was not the, the squirty oh, you, you, had, you had a hole in the floor and your hand. <laughs> 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 Leave it at that that's what you had so my best christmas present ever was in india when i managed to steal some toilet paper from the yeah. hotel because <laughs> there was none we had to eat um we ate at the hospital which was right opposite where we we're staying because that's the only place they trusted and i guess they didn't even believe in serviettes i can eat. i was trying to score some serviettes I was like even if they're rough it would do but it wasn't even that it's so it nothing when
1: we got told the only place we, they trust us to eat was at the hospital like even then we were still a bit reserved and like. I didn't eat much on the first day, I don't know about these two, but like, come the second day, in. third day, we went in on the hospital, yeah, yeah. Whatever, It like, was the you. best yeah. food, we like, were like, give us this food, man, we are starving and it tastes so good as the days went on, right?
2: And the chai was just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it was once it was we, so
3: we, so found there, we found our space there, we found settled, wasn't it?
1: And one of the, the basically, the, kind of the, the servers there, sh- that, that his daughter. No, it was that, the chef, it was the chef. The oh, chef, yeah, yeah. So when we, at the third day, they were told that we were, cook, we were coming and where, where we were from. He was like so thankful towards us and we were like, look, look, there is good people as well. And was, and we got extra tea for that. <laughs> <laughs> extra tea and like little things like that, right? Um, that was a great experience to have, to meet actually the father of one of the kids that
3: went to the school. Yeah, I think it was once we'd found where we were staying and then we realised we was eating, then we had that structure. We were like, all right, we're comfortable now. We know we can go here for food. We know we can go there for sleep. I think then we all sort of settled down and fell into that routine because we don't eat at the hospital time. so like breakfast, lunch, dinner. So it's just our three meals a day. Um, and that was where we'd have our little meetings. Um, again, I even searched the hospital for toilet paper, didn't Are have Are we any. adapted quick? Yeah. yeah.
1: The, the only thing that would make us feel any uneasy is when we look at each other, at certain moments and go, okay, that's a bit much, but all right, let's go. <laughs> what <laughs> like, what what we happened, like look, when, when we had to take some of the gifts on Christmas Day, like I, I've got so many like, gifts to take to. It. Yeah, packing and, that was to, to pack that an
2: episode in itself.
3: To
1: take it to, um, to the school, there, there was no transport, it was too far, so they, the shorts go with kids Kiz jumps on the back of this little moped with two suitcases, no helmet, with a kid in front, and he goes, yeah, I, okay, let's do this. And he's just gone. And like, yeah,
3: says so it, it was baby, the rider, suitcase, suitcase, me on the back. Like, literally, I think if we, I might have even been holding on to his kid. Like, at one point, I like, reached around and just holding on to him. I was like, if we go down, I'm going to use him as a <laughs> stop on my
0: landing.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah. I was like, you put me in the a motorway, situation.
1: I got left on the motorway so they can get oh, yeah. the rest of the people
2: off.
1: Uh, he drive, got dropped
3: miles from the school. He come running. Because, <laughs> because you can run. You can I was <laughs> <you can>
1: <laughs> so like, oh, I looked and it was just pitch black. You know what, India's like, yeah, like, pitch black, running on the side of the motorway. Trying
3: to get back, and kids had got there. No, no, I was at the school. There, yeah. I was left at school. The
1: school, people was got there. He goes, Why it take you so long? I went. I
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He was back chilling. I got left at the school, and it was pitch black. And the rider went to take him off. And then Sham, our host, he was there with me for a bit. And the school had like two dogs, that would follow him. So I was like, cool, I've got the dogs here with me. He jumped on the moped to go home. I thought the dogs would stay. They go after the moped chase because they're going home with him. So I was like, fuck, I can not even got the protection but of the dogs now. It was so literally I am standing that- there in the pitch black just seeing shadows walk past. I'm like, well, who's coming for me? Who wants it? Uh, and I was just waiting for the little sound of the moped coming back down the road. Yeah. Like 20 minutes later, and it's like a five minute ride. I was like, where did you go in this time? I'm standing here with equipment and a suitcase. I was like, mate, come pick me up in it. <laughs> Uh, Uh,
0: what an experience Um, so I think we're wrapping up now but like what what can we as like listeners and like people who weren't involved what
1: can we do to like help the project and the school yeah so um, the the project in itself is to raise money for a football pitch obvious reasons will come up in more episodes but we want to give these girls a place of hope a place of happiness um, a place they don't have to travel at five o'clock in the morning to get to, and they have to keep changing location every so often. We want to give them that football pitch. Um, it's not just a normal football pitch; it's an all-purpose, 4G, floodlit. They can play whenever they want, right next to their school. It's something that they can use at any time for as many kids as they want. Safely. Safely. Big word, safely. Mm. And um, it's something that they were they would love as well. It's a, that's a massive gift, and we want to give that to them, and we want to give that alongside people that. Believe in our message, mm-hmm. and um, also believe in the girls, and then hopefully we can do that. And then it'd be something that that sits there for a lifetime, right? Yeah. Can you imagine it, a bend in India, yeah? It's <laughs> just yeah, got a random full <laughs> football pitch, <laughs> four G, Plug four lit. G, no, four, lit, four G. You just sat there going, that's the power of sport. I'm with it. Some people yeah. might not think it. it is. Some people, but I don't care about those people. that don't believe it. I care about the ones that know. But that will make a difference. Yeah. to it'll kids make a that huge difference. Much, much, they do need some time where they can just chill out and play a game and be happy. So what does
0: that. What's a, is there a target figure or anything or is it just a give what you can
1: and we'll see where we're at at the end? Yeah, so the, the target figure is 100k, but we're splitting up into three phases because we know things take time, right? So it's 33k, 33k, and the last 1,000 we've already kind of raised previously um, of last year. And if we can reach 33k, we can then basically send that money out to India and actually show you where it's getting used and possibly get the people that are going to build this, build the actual pitch to start do you know what I mean? So it yeah. actually starting to go rather than us getting the 100k you never see it again I want to get things in motion as, as money comes in and obviously you need a bigger deposit to do stuff like that yeah. so that's kind of the plan so it's in three phases the end goal is 100k
2: yeah I think there's there's no shame here in asking but when the episodes do come out like just everyone who does watch it please just share it and like it because just yeah just share it because awareness is the most important thing as well like, yeah. the more we talk about it the more people are aware of it the more people will help so £3
1: pound, that's all we wish to for you to donate links in both bios of, of both pages and hopefully on your two pages as well but <laughs> of course and, and um, yeah just um, the idea is to reach three, three people like yeah. we're very very we've been a whole year trying to reach that one person with the money in his pocket. Mm. And we have come across unbelievable hurdles and stumbling blocks. So we've gone through big companies and literally been turned down the whole year. This is our second go at it. And we're trying to go through people. People that actually don't have much. We don't have that 100k, don't have that 10k. We want three pounds. And then if we can reach 33,000 people, that's 33,000 people people that believe in us Mm. and believe in the girls. On of and
0: we'll put all of the links and stuff down in the description below as well. Uh, thank you so much guys. Like, it, Honestly, fucking inspirational shit. and just
3: hearing about like, that Thanks all. for having
2: us, yeah. man. Yeah, thank you. thank you.
3: cool. Appreciate it, man. Cheers. <laughs> what, what an episode. That was amazing, <laughs> man. Cheers, oh, guys. <laughs>